Stampede. Garner is in number 134, recorded Are we safe? Well, it used to be in this country, the locks people installed in their front door were nothing compared to the security systems installed today. And not just in wealthy homes, but in everyday middle-class houses, motion detectors, lighted front and backyards, alarm systems on doors and windows, security employees automatically responding to check for breaches. No, America has changed with people not caring about locking their front door, or as in the past, they had a simple latch lock installed to make them feel safe. Yeah, today it's big business getting your house protected. And why not? Considering all those things you have in your home, it would make any common thief think owning a small moving van was part of the business to clean out a house. 
It's true, America isn't the only place with a problem of robberies. I might say, after living in France, common thievery is a way of life. I was even robbed by two men on a motorcycle when stopped at an intersection. The back rider reached into the passenger side of my car and snatched my suit. Fortunately, there wasn't anything of value in it, but I quickly learned to keep my windows up. However, France has a different kind of thief. Rarely is anyone injured in a robbery. Not like in this country, where someone invading your home usually doesn't mind inflicting a little physical violence along the way. The days of leaving your door unlocked in this country are long gone. It used to be carjacking was with a car parked on the street, and thieves who wanted it could figure a way to start it up without a key. But that's passé or out of date today. If you're a thief and you want an expensive car, you just jack it when someone is getting in it. You simply stick a gun in someone's face and ask for a key. Once in Brazil, my companion and I parked my rented car in a parking garage with an elevator. The attendant gave me a ticket and an employee took my car up on their elevator. 20 minutes later, we returned and when the car was brought down, the two right wheels were missing their hubcaps. I couldn't speak Portuguese, so my companion complained in her mother tongue. The attendant said, okay, and had the car sent upstairs. I figured, good, they were going to find the missing hubcaps. But no, when they brought the car back down, all four of the hubcaps were missing. And not wanting to cause a scene, we drove off. Later, I bought four used hubcaps from a business that specialized in selling hubcaps. It's a big business in Brazil.
Yeah, stealing is nothing new. And we like to think if we have more police, that'll keep the criminals locked up. I can't remember the name of the police station that had a major scandal when two police officers were arrested in Chicago for breaking into houses and stealing expensive jewelry. It didn't matter whether they were on duty patrolling a neighborhood or on their day off because they knew how to break into and clean out a house. Of course, looking at the big picture, stealing land or culturally depriving a people of their heritage was nothing new in this country. And for that matter, in a lot of different places and times in this world. What's that saying? Possession is nine-tenths of the law? Just take it if you have the strength to do it. And if you keep it long enough, no one ever contests it. One border can be erased, and a different one can take its place. And in a few generations, nobody knows the difference. I'm not saying I advocate that, but it seems to be historically what's been happening for thousands of years. Recently, we all watched Russia with a sizable military force cross over into Ukraine, attempting to overthrow that government. Now, I'm not in favor of what Vladimir Putin is doing, and there are a lot of people accusing him of war crimes. It might serve some purpose to try to understand why Putin has crossed the line. It's safe to say he's a nationalist and fiercely loyal to the people of Russia for gaining economic wealth. I believe he's a capitalist and that he believes in free markets. And above all else, he wants Russia's vast natural resources especially oil, to enter into markets that have been closed off to Russian exports. To be frank, the control of the distribution of oil to Western Europe has belonged to oil corporations that view Russia as a competitor. So when Putin signed an agreement to supply fuel to Germany, That was the beginning of the conflict of Ukraine.
for the fossil fuel industry, the big picture is control. It's a function of capitalism. You don't want someone opening up a market that's in direct competition to your business. That can cause price wars, or even worse, overt actions driving your competitors out of business. Oil and the distribution of it is the cause of the Ukraine conflict. Since the end of World War II, the United States has been controlling the price of oil by various means. When President Nixon created the petrodollar, the U.S. benefited by telling the rest of the world how the game was to be played. Of course, Saudi Arabia and other Persian Gulf countries were the major players, along with Libya, South American countries, and Nigeria. The U.S. had a simple plan. Use oil from other countries while preserving our own natural resources. If you wanted oil, you needed to use the American dollar. Well, whether we like it or not, that policy is coming to an end. And the alliance of Russia, Iran, China, India, Brazil, and South Africa are saying they want to control how oil is to be distributed and what currency can be used to pay for it. And to speak openly about this, America may say it can still determine what it wants by sanctioning countries that don't abide by the way oil has been distributed for the past 50 years. The U.S. is being challenged by Russia. It's demanding things done their way, even if it has to use military force to prove it. Obviously, the world is watching. Clearly, the United States cannot or should not attempt to resolve the Ukraine conflict by using our soldiers on the ground to fight Russians. And to make a prediction, if Russia ever felt it was being threatened, I predict this conflict could reach America's shores with some military strike against the U.S., we should be very careful not to escalate this dispute because we no longer can control how oil is sold around the world.
even though political wars between communism and capitalism are by and large over, capitalism is producing new wars, the oil wars. China still retains the vestiges of communism, but the real contest remains the struggle between who controls the energy resources in this world. For over 77 years since the end of World War II, America has remained above all other countries. But things have been changing, and the powerhouse that China has become now waits to dethrone America's standing as the greatest country on earth. And it's doing it with the help of another ex-communist economy, the previous Soviet Union. The Federation of Russia has adopted an economy designed to grow by selling its vast resource of oil to the world's open markets. And it's planning on making new agreements to Western Europe, and for that matter, anybody else who needs energy. And let's face it, America has controlled that market and has always claimed it as a free market. Our country has measured success as a financial power, whether it was oil or any other freely traded commodity. But the truth about capitalism is that winning is everything. And America holds that up as one of its guiding principles. History says there's nothing clean about the oil business. And I don't just mean what it's done to our environment. No, because like how the saying goes, money talks. Oil has seeped its way into every corner of American life, and it makes people willing to fight for it all over the world. So it shouldn't come as any surprise that wars being fought won't be about political ideologies, economic systems, or currency manipulations. No, what's happening fast and furious are what can be called the oil wars. Who has it, how to find it, and who distributes it? And it won't matter what country's ego suffers losses, because there can only be winners in these wars.
Like I said in other broadcasts, nothing lasts forever. And the politicians in this country would have you believe nothing has changed in America. They say it's getting back to normal and will be great again. They've pointed to our powerful military to prove their words about our future. But Weapon systems can't hide the financial malfeasance that is our government's $30 trillion debt, nor the unbridled violence that takes place in every major city in this country, or the millions who are homeless who resort to begging, or who suffer with addictions and medical illness. No, our politicians have no words that can make you feel this country is great when we have those issues and much more. And they can tell us the weapons we have and our military can make us safe. But that isn't what will make us safe. And that's why millions of Americans are beginning to feel something is wrong. If you have no confidence that you're safe, well, then you sure as hell aren't going to feel a sense of contentment. And I'm pretty sure people in America aren't content. In fact, Many view the values we've produced with a consumerist society has left us with a sense of discontent. And it's made for unhealthy values. We shouldn't be building new weapons to prove our strength. We should look for ways we as a nation can point with pride our ability to create something beautiful. Not another weapon for destruction. That's how we can return to greatness in this country and where we can find contentment. We have suffered too long thinking that all we ever needed was more, to buy more, to get more, because that's what a consumer society demanded. But what we should have been doing was looking for how we can create what's beautiful, something beautiful to hear, something beautiful to see, not weapons to destroy.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard James Newton Howard's main theme to the 2006 movie Blood Diamond. Then another work by Howard for the movie The Village, Noah's Visit, and still another piece by Howard for the movie The Sixth Sense, The Hanging Ghosts. Then Jerry Goldsmith's music from the movie Alien, The Alien Planet, followed by more from The Alien, The Acid Test, and finally a shortcut from Howard Shore's The Clocks from the movie Hugo. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.